everybody. Perfect. Thank you. You know, you know. It's the Transatlantic Rebels podcast, and this week we are going deep down dirty. It's Pusha T, it's Drake. This week on the Transatlantic Rebels podcast, we are talking about, <laughs> oh dear, well, it has really kicked off in the past week, put it that way. Since uh, since Pusha T released his album Daytona last Friday, and it's currently Wednesday, um, he kind of dropped on the last song, which was called Infrared, uh, a few subliminal lines, actually, do you know what, they're not even subliminal, they're just outright shots at Drake, at Lil Wayne, Baby quite a few people and uh, Drake within what maybe 12 14 hours or something released a uh, a disc record against Pusha T called uh, Duppy and less than 24 hours ago Pusha responded <laughs> um, what was the title of that record Rashad title of the Pusha's thing you talking about the um the last one the story of I can't even say the name Adidon Adidon yeah. Whew. All I gotta say is, whew. um, what is beef? Beef is this. This is beef. We have been waiting. Do you know what? I, I'm trying not to sort of glamorize things and this and that. Everyone's kind of like kind of cautious after what happened to Biggie and Puck, but that was a long time ago, and um, and you know, I think this seems like it's just going to stay on wax. And I, I mean, I think a lot of us have been salivating for a moment like this for a long time when you've got, you know. Drake is obviously at the top of the game commercially and, and Pusher is a legend in his own right. And they've been sparring for a while and Drake's kind of avoided beefs apart from the Meek Mill one, which he, I mean, Meek dropped the ball massively. Drake won it pretty easily without even shifting out of third gear. Uh, Meek's life is derailed after that completely. And here we have Pusher T, who, um, I mean, well, we'll talk about it. So, okay, what's your, what's your initial read on this whole situation, Rashad? It's interesting to me. The, the big thing that interests me is like how is stuff like this going to go down in um in this day and age where Drake is pretty much him. It's either him or Kendrick. I mean, it's really Drake because Drake is like still the mainstream guy to beat as far as where the, the kids go. But um, it's interesting because kids aren't really into lyrics and stuff as usually they are. And I think Twitter sometimes is like that is a um is a bubble. So it, just because it blows up on Twitter doesn't necessarily mean it's going to blow up in the rest of the world. And I'm, I'm I'm trying to see what's going to happen with that. I mean, as long as you just started, so that's the big part I'm trying to focus on right now. So, so basically, what you're saying is that we're kind of digesting it, but the wider world might not care less. Effectively, I mean, I mean, if 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 like going back to the, the Meek Mill and Drake thing for a minute, for a second, like if it came out that any rapper that was on top of their game, like maybe in the '90s, maybe even the early 2000s, 
if it came out that they had a Ghost Rider, then they would have got shit on big time back in the day. Whereas now, it was basically like, because most of the people listening to rap, or assumedly listening to rap, are the are the kids more than the old heads. And the kids probably didn't even bat an eye that Drake, Drake had Ghost Rider. They pretty much like, okay, Drake had more, Drake sells more, he had greater hits, blah, 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 this and that. And they just ignored the whole entire Meek Mill thing. And, and matter of fact, they pretty much like just joked on Meek Mill the whole time. So, But just looking at Twitter and looking at the real world, I mean, it's hard to look at the real world sometimes. I mean, because even though you have bubbles in Twitter, there's also bubbles in the real world. So even that's kind of difficult to see sometimes. As compared to back in the day where everybody's either watching MTV or BET and everybody else, everybody was watching the same thing at the same time. So we're all on the same page. And it seems like now it's like it's scattered around a little bit more. The other thing I'd say is if you're some 15-year-old Drake fan, you probably don't know who Pusha T is, really. Like, not in any meaningful way. Whereas if you're kind of like a long-suffering rap fan, you know, uh, who at least is familiar with this millennium, let forget the 90s, then you would undoubtedly know. Um, I mean, Pusha's been on lots of commercial hits and stuff, and he's been part of the clips, done his own thing. I would argue maybe his kind of solo work, like this is his third solo album for good music. Uh, I mean, you, you know, it hasn't really obviously done numbers or permeated like international consciousness in a huge meaningful way because there've been no real massive hits. I mean, you know, he's talking like nostalgia with Kendrick Lamar. Okay, that was a, a really great song. So was numbers on the board. Um, his last one, I mean, didn't like darkest was it darkest before the dawn that didn't really have that much on it either to be honest and this is kind of like part of a good music strategy where again i don't think there's going to be any real singles from this this album i mean he said it outright so it, put put yourself in the shoes of just your casual rap fan or drake fan or whatever you might be thinking what the hell is going on here <laughs> you know um and obviously we've been around the block and we're older and stuff so so we kind of know the history of hip-hop of beef of the clips pusher drake everything like that a bit more so i i'm finding it this fascinating because i think i think the whole meek thing caught drake off guard but then drake responded in, in like an adequate way yeah and then meek just completely dropped the ball like i don't know what the hell happened maybe nikki touched him and stuff i, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't know but some something happened and and basically drake just thanos meek out of existence and then and then his life completely went to shit and he's only just recovering from it now effectively and pusha t is not that guy <laughs> pusha, pusha t is not that guy he's been around the block you know he's he is he, you know his delivery is cold and calculated his lyrics are as well just translate that to what he's done here he completely baited Drake on Friday. He released Daytona. He knew exactly what he's doing. He he just dropped out the bait and he's waiting for Drake just to sort of, you know, rush a response, which he did on Duppy. When I first heard Duppy, I was kinda like, Well, okay, let me ask you, what did you think when you heard Duppy? I mean I thought it was I thought it was fair. Like the thing that got me with the Duppy thing, like I thought it was decent. But the thing that interested me going back to what I was saying at the at the beginning about the sociological part of it was basically that when when Duppy came out and everybody was giving uh Pusha T twenty four hours to uh come back on him. And I was sitting there thinking about that, and somebody made a point on Twitter the other day, talking about how it wasn't like that even when the beefs happened. It took days sometimes for somebody to come back with somebody, but in this digital age, it's pretty much just like, okay, you got to react now, you got to react now, you got to react now. Now I was dying. I did a tweet when when the, when the, when um, Pusha's uh, rebuttal came back out, and I was basically like, 
you guys are sometimes you're so predictable because everybody's like, yeah, it's done. He didn't reply in two, 24 hours. He didn't reply in 12 hours. So he's canceled. They didn't make a fab joke. Cause remember how Fab was talking about when um when Control came out and Fab was trying to find a studio, but he never found it? And they were like, <laughs> and they were like, and they, were call, they were calling him Fab Jr. and stuff like that. And I'm like, guys, relax, whatever. And then they came out and all of a sudden, it's, it's so schizophrenic because everybody was like clowning him out. Talking about he didn't respond well enough, and then he came back. And all of a sudden, the whole crowd came like, "Oh, he got him!" Oh, oh, oh. I felt like I, you know, I felt like it felt like I was watching Gladiator with Russell Crowe. Am I not merciful? Are you not entertained? It's kind of like that situation. Yeah, right bad, job, bad job. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that, that's a, that's a fair point. I mean, I guess like the the um, the gap between Takeover, Jay. So I, I mean, Takeover dropped like I think he originally did it in what was it july right no i mean he released it officially september um but i mean before that they'd been sparring anyway and then ether must have dropped like in the days leading up to stillmatic which was around december of that year so i mean what so i'm really bad at counting months september october you're talking like almost three months pretty much there's probably about 10 weeks between those two nowadays people would not survive that 10 week stint like can you are you kidding me like they're, they're like oh my god he waited like four days but uh, they forget that actually it takes time to do this shit so you know th- there've been quite a few interviews and this and that and like you know he did a phone in and he came in on the breakfast club i think it was and stuff and you know he's so pusher said look he saw red when drake responded with w because he mentioned pusher's fiance's name and then he was like, that's it, that there are there are no rules anymore. And and so, okay, so what I was going to say about Duppy, I, I initially quite liked Duppy, to be honest. Like, I think, you know, the beat's nice. And I, I, I thought it was, I played it like on a loop about five, six times and got everything I needed to from it. And I was like, yeah, he makes some good points. You know, Push is always going on about the drug thing and this and that, you know, and, and there were a few good points and stuff. And then, <laughs> and then I listened to the story of Adidon. And I was like, oh, shit, man. Duppy was nothing compared to this. Like, absolutely. Duppy was rushed out, actually. That was the J move. And and Pusher took the Nas move. You know, he just waited a little longer, plotted things out, and he went really savage on him. Like, properly savage. And somebody made the point, because somebody made the point that um, he was waiting until all the games were done over the weekend. So yeah. So get full attention. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's a fair point. Um uh, what what day are we now? Wednesday. So like he did it. To, he did it. He dropped it on Tuesday night. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Because I was asleep. So um. Okay. So wait. It's a Tuesday night. And so how have you soaked up the story of Adidon? I'm amused by. It. Like I said, being a, like an older rap fan, like none of it surprised me because I've seen people go for drugs. I seen. I was there for the Fifty Cent G Unit versus um, Murder Inc. All that stuff like that. So the stuff on here. It, it, I'm always I'm watching this whole entire thing from the digital age thing. That's the thing that's fascinating me the most. Like none of the juggler stuff surprising me, but it's interesting following like just following situations like um like some people were unhappy that women names are being called out in there and getting involved in it, and there were just people who were kind of feeling like uh, like there and there are fair points. I'm not even arguing that there's there are fair points to be made. If you feel that way, you feel that way. I gotta respect that. And but it seems but it's basically like how how we're in the age of we're in the age of you have to watch what you say. And Pusha T comes from that, like that, that when, when grinding came out, it was around the time where 50 Cent was really, and Eminem and them really going at people's throats and stuff like that, like cannabis and LL Cool J and stuff like that. So he comes from that era, if you want to talk about like being a quote unquote old head. Um, 
and like in this age, like especially when you're dealing with like stuff like with Me Too and Times Up and stuff like that, like stuff like that's going to get called out regardless whether you're a rap fan or not. It's like that's the interesting part seeing going forward because I know this is not the end of this right here. It's only the beginning, and I can only imagine how that's going to go against everything else that's out there right now. That's what I'm interested in seeing. Yeah, I mean, for me, my reaction to the story of Adidon, I, I, I thought, I thought it was initially. I thought, yeah, this is good. It's solid. It's intriguing. And then the more I played it, I was like, shit, man, he really. I thought. I think what I find interesting is that he's gone at the psychological profile of Drake at like the heart of who Drake is because it's really easy just to sort of you know throw out some barbs and some lines and you know this and that and okay ghostwriter or whatever whatever yeah that that's all kind of easy stuff that you can bat away because it's, it's kind of meaningless it's kind of, you can justify anything really can't you but I, I think if you really got what the heart of a man is and then dissect it so he's basically taken Drake's beating heart out of his chest and dissected it yeah and that's why he's called it surgical summer volume one or whatever it is right? oh yeah like like he's he's gonna perform surgery on drake like he's pissed off now he's not he's he's just had it and he'll peel back the layers he said. he's yeah exactly that's what he said peel back the layers and and i think there are so many layers to drake and and that's what's fascinating about this because drake is very controlled and he's dominated this year you know like i was tweeting about it before like I, i'm shocked at this but in america like i think i think his two songs what god's plan and nice for what are uh, i keep calling it nice like that whatever it's called nice for what i think that's what it's called they've spent like a combined like 20 22 weeks or something at number one this year yeah this calendar year and and like i listened back to them today and i'm like i don't i, I just do not respond to these songs like god's plan's okay yeah, nice for what? I really don't think it's that great a song. Like it's really overbearing, and and both have kind of. Do you know what's funny? I've not actually watched the God's Plan video. I've got everything I needed to get from it from Twitter because I'm just like, no, this is not my thing. And and <laughs> honestly, it's like, no, I'm like, no, no, no. Just that. See, I I respect a lot about Drake and and you know something like One Dance. I, I actually love that song. I DJ'd it a lot and stuff like that. That's fine. But these two, I'm, I'm just, I'm just confused. I'm really flat out confused. I don't know what's going on with these two songs, and and so he's owned this year, and he's had everything his way basically, and this is the first point probably in his career where I think this is going to shock him. And he's got his album coming out. His album will be done, right? Like I doubt he's going to go back unless. I very much doubt he's going to chuck something in now to disrupt the flow of the album, unless it's maybe a bonus track or something like that to respond to Pusher, and. I don't know. This is going to be really unsettling for him. This is going to be his first kind of L, like a proper L. This is an L. Like, I'm sorry, but it is. Oh, I know. It is. Easily. And and why it's an L is because, like I was saying, Push has really gone into him. He's like, he's driven into the heart of Drake. And he, he's, like, I think the ghostwriting thing was huge because a lot of us now have not looked at Drake in the same way. Yeah. But you know, he does justify things. He's like, well, look, you know, I did ghostwriting for Kanye and like, you know, I was trying to give, give this guy a leg up and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and you could, you could justify that, you know, Beyonce doesn't write shit. <laughs> yeah. Know, but here's like, the, but here's like the no, no, but no, but why is it different though? Like, tell me, I mean, no. Cardi B, we did the Cardi B podcast, right? No, I'm talking about, if you talk about Beyonce with the singers, like singers rarely ever wrote their songs for the most part. A singer songwriter thing was more like a reaping thing like back in the seventies. But, like, you look at the Motown artists and stuff like that, they always had people write stuff for them. Like, if you talk about rap, like, my argument is this. And this is what I think, I think this is what um, Crooked, Crooked Eye was saying the other day. He was like, there's no problem. He's like, there's no problem with people ghostwriting your, your songs for you, blah, 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 blah. He's like, if you want to do that, you're still a hip-hop star. You're still making art. 
He's like, but if you want to call yourself a lyricist, then that's where that's where the questioning comes in. If you want to consider yourself a lyricist, then you, then there's qualifiers. But if you want to call yourself a hip hop star, and if you have to be qualified, it's still fine because you're still making you're still making the song, you're still making the beats, you're still getting the emotion in there, you're still crafting a song, you're still the craftsmanship of making the song, and you're still a hip hop artist. But if you want to call yourself a lyricist and a, and a writer, and you and you and you put everything on your pen game, then that's when the questioning comes in. But has Drake really been doing that? No, but here's the thing. But here's somebody made this argument too. If if it's almost like Drake wants to have his cake and eat it too in a way. Like he has he has all the power. But at the same time, any if, if you have any kind of competitive spirit in your heart and Drake is competitive, you can't get to where Drake is at by being competitive. But it's always gonna be that nagging thing in the back of your neck. You want all the accolades. Even though you got all the money, you got all the cars. It's like it's like Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane had everything, but he missed Rosebud. And that, and then there's that thing where it's like if, if Pusha T is coming at him and, and attacking his integrity and his character and this and that and just outdoing him as a rapper, and Drake still if if Drake still wants that kind of like respect as being a rapper or a lyricist, then it's going to bother him because if he if it didn't bother him, he wouldn't care at all. He would just keep going on and on with his other thing. Because here's at the end of the day, I don't think that Drake's fans and like even on Twitter today, I was I was looking on it today, and his fans are still defending him. They're defending him like to like. The fullest, they're like, yeah, blah, 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 this and that. Matter of fact, they were pulling out because they showed that picture of uh, how Pusha T showed the picture of the um, of Drake in blackface, and they were and they were Drake fans pulling out pictures of how Beyonce had like a shirt on with a with a blackface on there and this and that. So they're kind of going back, like, well, if Drake did this, they're doing this too, blah, 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 this and that. They're kind of going that they're bouncing back and forth. But I think there's something in the back of Drake's head where he he's pretty much ruling this, he's pretty much ruled this era, but there's still that thing of your credibility being called out, even though you know, even though he's acknowledging he's he's doing the whole ghostwriting thing, but he's still competitive. So if somebody jabs you, like you said earlier, he's jabbing them at where it hurts, and that's really bothering him right now. Do you think Pusha went too far? To me, as as a hip hop fan, talking about beef, there's no. For me personally, I'm an old school guy. There's no such thing as too far. I'm sorry, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. I can't. I can't take. I can't say somebody's going too far. When I own Eminem albums and I laugh at them, I so I so I, I'd be a hypocrite if I saying you he took it too far. I own the Marshall Mathers LP and I laugh at it, so I really can't take the high ground and say well it's too much. So for me, I don't think he went too as far as far as today's standards taking me out the equation. Then there's going to be some issues going forwards if this thing continues out the summer. But as far as me as an old school rap fan and the stuff that I heard way back in the day, I'd be a hypocrite if I say he went too far. Yeah, I think for me, my I had an initial unease about certain things a little bit. I was like, Woof, you know, you, you're going in deep, especially when you start dragging children into this, yeah. But then for me, I kind of like, okay, so Drake, Drake has kept this, and like, obviously this situation could change as we get more information and stuff, but what it currently appears to be is that Drake has had a, a, a child in secret and was going to kind of like have a almost like a coming out party in conjunction with the release of his clothing line with Adidas. And and it's kind of like, okay, but then you're you're really using your child at a particular moment in time as a pawn towards to further your success. Yeah. Now, okay, you know, I was tweeting about this before. Drake, we know he's a user. Yeah, he uses people. You know, he used Quentin Miller. He uses this person, that person, every you know, he is an absolute user. Yeah. And he extracts everything that he can from people, from styles, from cultures, whatever he can, just to further his own cause. 
but to do that to a child and and kind of tie that in i don't know that kind of that's kind of messed up a little bit and and maybe that's why push has kind of called it out a bit i mean there's a lot of things push has called out that and and i think this is the point he makes he says look i've raised a lot of questions here and drake's gonna have to answer them at some point because there's a lot of uncomfortable stuff the blackface stuff you know obviously I'm, i'm not black but you know um the, the blackface stuff, the child, the the partner, the this, the that. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that he's kind of packed in into this kind of two and a half minutes. And I think that's what's interesting. He's really pulled out a lot of threads of Drake. And slowly, you know, unless Drake's very careful, it could, certain things, and by that I probably mean his credibility more than anything, could just slowly unravel over the course of the summer. Um, I mean, personally, I don't think this is going to hurt him permanently. I think it might damage him for a few weeks. But then if Pusher keeps pushing, who knows? You know, like it could start to overshadow his own album a bit. I mean, what do you think? Oh, that's, I mean, it can go either way. It is, it, 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 the, the big question is what, here's, 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 here's how I will know. It depends on what Drake does next. Like what's the, the next big step he takes next. And then, that, and then we'll see where he's at. Because you'll see if he, if he comes out confident, then he might be okay. But if he comes out with something that's like, like if you remember how he did those back to back things and they were getting lesser and lesser and more when he was doing Meek Mills and he kept coming out with those disses and they kept getting lesser and lesser after a while. He can't do that with Pusha T. They have to be on point every time. And, he, and like I said, he's, he gave, he's giving Drake the warning at the beginning of a surgical strike. He's saying, listen, you come back at me, I got stuff for your ass. He's like, I'm, 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 not, I'm not pulling out all the guns yet. I'm giving you these guns. You throw me something else. And here's the difference between Drake and Pusha and, and Meek Mill. Is that Pusha has Pusha has the credibility and and people will take his word for it that he will come at somebody like that. That's not a problem. Where Meek Mill was shaky, he kind of stumbled on the second hit, pretty much. So there's a difference right there. So it all depends on how Drake comes back out with this. Because if Drake gets more personal with Pusha T, then that means I mean the gloves already came off. He's gonna the gloves gonna go into the fucking dirt, in the fucking mud, in a fucking toilet, and then it's gonna start swinging poo at each other. That's what's gonna happen. That's what's gonna happen. So if Drake, if Drake is really personal with his next comeback, and I think that's what Pusha T's wait. This is what I, I think this is what Pusha T's waiting for. He's like, please throw some shit at me. Please throw it. Because if you go down that road, we can get really ugly right here. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, right now Drake is probably just like digging every graveyard up in existence, trying to look for skeletons, you know. And in in Push's kind of wardrobe, what's he gonna find? To be honest, Push's. Um, okay, you, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. But Push has said, look, I don't have any skeletons. Like, I've told you everything, you know. So, and, and he's always been a very cold, calculating person. So you can imagine that he's trying, I mean, he's only got a fiance right now. He's 40. And I don't think he's got any kind of skeletons like that. <laughs> I, I do find it's interesting what you're saying, that women are frequently the collateral damage in this. Um, and and it's, it's, it's always going to be a shame, isn't it? But in, in this case... I, I was kind of looking at it. I was like, were they collateral damage or was it that provocation for Pusher that his fiance got named and that's what's really provoked him into action? And, but then, yeah, you could argue either way, really. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hip hop beef, isn't it? It's just, it's always going to be like this. You've got a, t- a couple of kind of, you know, stags going at each other, butting horns and like, they don't care when, when you see red, you just do whatever you want to do. Um, and and I think the interesting thing is Kanye's album's coming out on Friday. Like in two days, Kanye's album's coming out. And then I mean, it, you know, if we're going to believe things, then I think Drake's is maybe the eighth or the week afterwards. Uh, and then Nas is supposed to be around that time. I've got a feeling Nas's album is going to drop. Isn't it? Isn't going to drop? I I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. Nicki's already 
delayed her one and then there's a few others it's it's a really busy time and this is already kind of overshadowing asap rocky's album. <laughs> yeah so it's album. on spotify right now what asap how uh, asap rocky it's on spotify right now yeah it, it came out on friday right and i got i got like 30 seconds into it and then i happened to check twitter <laughs> Mm. And I think Doppy had come out. I was like, shit. So no, I literally haven't listened to it since. So, um, like, I don't know. This is really funny. I, I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. And Twitter is just fire right now. Wow. And, and I mean, even this morning in the UK, Pusher was trending in the top. Forget Drake was number one. And then Pusher was like trending as well. I was like, damn, this is big. So I think it's fascinating. Like I, I sort of, did a brief tweet just before this podcast about how I think Drake will recover possibly. Um, first of all, his album's going to come out, Scorpion. I'm sure that's going to like be huge. I think he's going to really go for it because Views was rubbish. Um, I, I think this will have hit after hit after hit. He's already got two hits that have been number one for basically the whole year. I think he's going to have huge videos. Um, then as far as the stuff with his kid goes, I think he's going to start doing talk shows. He'll do Ellen and Oprah or whoever is relevant right now and all this kind of stuff. I think it's going to be loads of PR for the next few months. Um, I would have thought maybe this Adidon thing might be rebranded with Adidas and then he'll go on a world tour. He'll make gazillions. And I mean, last in my line is a reply to Pusha T. If I was Drake, if I were Drake rather, grammatically speaking, I probably wouldn't reply to Pusher at this time. I would just take a pause, focus on the album rollout. And then when you're at the height of that album rollout, be like, okay, this is the deal. You know, if anything, I'm going to be honest, if I was in Drake's position, I would own this thing and be like, you know what? Maybe I should have handled this better. Yeah. Maybe I should have handled this, this, this better. And and I wouldn't (laughs) go. I don't think he should respond to Pusher. I think if he responds to Pusher, I think he's really opening himself up for a world of pain. Oh, yeah, he's waiting for that. Yeah. Like, Pusher's push like Clubber Lang right now, like like uh, in the first half of Rocky Three. Yeah. you know? Let me ask you a question. There's, a, there's 5% in the back of my head. Okay. Now, I'm not, I, I, tend, I try not to be a cynical person. I'm more of a pragmatist than a cynical person. But how, how much would you wager... That I mean, even though there's like there's like there's like mudslinging going on around, would you? How much do you wager this is all calculated on both sides? How much would you wager that? If you'd asked me on Friday after Duppy dropped, I would have said in my head there was like a ninety-eight percent chance this was calculated, uh, and then after I kind of digested it, I was like, mm, he's kind of Drake's kind of said a couple of things here that I, I'm not really sure about, but I still think this might be calculated. After Pusher dropped his one, then then there's like 0.1% chance this is calculated. <laughs> Pusher, re- and if you watch the interview, you know, I only watched part of it, but like he, he's sitting there and he's just like, man, I blacked out. I just, I just saw red. I just completely blacked out. And like, he's not that person, you know, he really isn't that, that archetypal person just to lose his shit and just start doing emotional shit. He's not. And he's really taken it with this thing. I think it, I think he really did genuinely see red, and and I, I might be being naive here, but the only reason I say that because the only reason I say that is is Kanye's been doing some extra shit lately. Oh yeah, and I'm like, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, he was a MAGA hat, and now Kim is going up to Trump today, talking about prisons, helping these people from prisons. I'm like, I'm like, this is all seems like 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 I said, like you said, I I, I still believe that is is most likely truthful, but I always have in the back of my head, like especially I, 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 the reason why I say that sometimes is. 
It's like sometimes I feel like I feel like sometimes to sell something in this day and age, you almost have to be like a goddamn method actor. You have to commit all the way to even sell it. Because if, if, the, if the public gets one hint of this even fake, then it falls apart. But it's almost like we got to commit to this shit. We got to commit all the way to this and just throw this out there. The only reason I say this like, is now Pusha T's name is out there, at least on Twitter now. I mean, the album came out and like rap heads were appreciating it because rap heads think it was a good album. But this little beef right here was the thing that got Pusha T's name out there. And now some of these kids are starting to hear his name and go, okay, who's this Pusha T guy with all this and that? And it's going to go back and forth. And what's, what's, what's better to happen than Kanye and them dropping albums and they're all going back and forth on these tracks and shit? You know what yeah, I'm trying to say? I, I completely agree. Um, I mean, I, I think maybe the spark that kind of ignited this might have been calculated, but I think Pushes, <laughs> I think Pushes just poured a gallon of petrol onto this thing, and and I don't think he cares if the whole place burns down now. Basically, that's what it seems like to me. Um, let me in, let terms, me in terms of Kanye's thing, I think you know there was an interesting tweet a few weeks ago where this guy he he seems to think basically this is like a performance art piece by Kanye right now like I mean he's gone quiet for the last few weeks but before like that that insane month or whatever that he had um he seems to think it's part of a performance art piece and there's a lot of clues that that hints that that could well be the case so uh, but but and then that might well start up basically as of tomorrow or Friday or whatever where you know if Kanye's album does drop basically but in terms of how this has gone, I, I think maybe it was calculated. I mean, don't forget, Duppy did come out very quickly. Yeah. So he might have like got advance of infrared. Um, that wouldn't surprise me at all, to be honest. And then he just, you know, and then they're kind of both winning in a, in a way. But then I think Push is just fucking taking this now. <laughs> He's just like, no, no, no. no. Uh-huh. Just... Yeah. Sorry, you're going to say something. No, I was going to say, because have you ever felt like back that day when the whole T-Unit saga happened with Ja Rule and all of them and Benzino and stuff like that? Was there any part of your in the back of your head that you went like maybe this is all calculated, maybe it wasn't, or were you kind of like all in on it, crazy saying like these are how these people feel about each other, or do you or do you think like or you or you think like the truth is somewhere in between somehow? No, I I think um, Fifty was on a personal quest just to destroy. It, it's it's really funny because the podcast that we did with Prems on uh, Fifty Cent Get Rich or Die Trying is a really good listen, and he was like. Do you know what? Fifty literally ripped Jarl's style, yeah, and then destroyed him afterwards just for a laugh. And and he did. That's exactly what he did. But Fifty Cent was very much about you know forty eight laws of power, basically, and all that kind of stuff is what Fifty was doing at the time. Whereas I think Pusher's a bit different. You know this Pusher Drake thing. And, and the interesting thing I'm also finding is that Drake and Kendrick have have kind of exchanged the odd bar here and there over the years, but nothing has ever fully gone like all the way between them and I was always kind of like okay why why you know and then this has reminded me why because if Drake actually went for someone that wasn't an easy target yeah that would really kind of do their work and you know make it their you know weeks worth to disassemble his entire life then Drake would suffer he's got a lot more to lose in a lot of ways you know okay he's got a lot more but he's got a lot more to lose as well you know, Ken. Oh, Jesus Christ! Could you imagine Kendrick versus Drake? Then, well, could, could you go imagine, this far? Could you imagine, well, go this far? imagine if imagine if Drake responds, yeah, and then Pusher gets Kendrick back on for Nostalgia Part Two, except it's going at Drake. Yeah, that would that and and it dropped on like the eve of his album. Yeah, at that point you would be like, 
okay, this has really got real right now. Um, and, and this is starting to actually hurt Drake in a huge way, even though it stokes up interest, but in terms of his credibility. I mean, Jesus Christ, imagine that. I don't want to get too excited. I don't think that'll happen. But, you know what's funny? The other day, Royce tweeted out, I wish, some, I wish somebody would try me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would certainly increase his album sales. I mean, it, you know. Yeah. I mean, but you made a good point because Pusha's Pusha's Daytona is kind of it was kind of like niche, right? I mean, we can call it niche. It's like Booker, it's, it's, it's a little bit above Booker Ryan, but it's still there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of like how popular it's become, um, I don't know. This, this, I'm sure this is like exploding for Pusha. Like people will be going straight to Daytona. It's only twenty minutes long, so you know. That this generation's ridiculously short attention span is, is going to digest 20 minutes of it. And then whether they like it or not, he'll be getting those revenue streams. So I don't know. It's a win-win at the moment for Pusher, to be honest. Yep. Yep. Anything more to add? No, nah, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes with this stuff right here. But like I said, th- there's that 5% in the back of my head going with that. But at the end of the day, it's going to be... It's going to be the, the big thing to see is how how summer's going to go is how Drake reacts to it. That's just when, that's what's going to set up, set off the tone for the rest of the summer. It's going to be a cruel summer, cruel summer. Oh, and uh, oh, and, and Push is actually showing up at some kind of like a like a event recently. Somebody had to call out, and he's jumping in on there. So we'll see what happens with that. Okay. I, I think there's a lot of shit that's going to go down. Basically, I, I, and and once I think once Kanye releases. And then Drake releases, and then Push is just sitting on the sidelines watching everything unfurl. And it's kind—I uh, love it. I love how he was just like, "How dare you curse Yay in my, you know, like I want all the curses and stuff like that." I just, I just, uh, I'm excited. This is the most excited I've been about any rap beef for a long, long time. You know, probably since like, like fifty, yeah, since the days of fifty, I guess, pretty much. Do you area? Yeah, like when he went at Fat Joe and Jadakiss and everyone fucking, you know, like like he just went at all of them, right? So, I don't know. I love it. <laughs> <sighs> okay, well, um, let's call it there. And I'm sure we'll probably meet this time next week to discuss everything anyway. So there's, there's going to be so much over the next month to digest as a, as a music fan, let alone anything else. So, um, yeah, let's call it there. And uh, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Rashad. Peace.